Bibles, turn to John 15. John 15. We're going to try to finish the outline to, tonight, the one we, we started last week, but also try to answer some questions. We, we, I, I was asked a question. Uh, you know, the, 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 whole, the whole point of the, the, the study last week was that real Christians, real true disciples will bear Say it with me. They'll bear bear fruit. But I didn't go into detail about what exactly fruit was. I think I mentioned it, but didn't go into detail. And I got several questions, several questions about that. What is fruit? What what does the Bible say fruit is? And some um, some emails about it. So I know if that many people has questions about it, that's probably something I need to deal with. So I I covered that. I got some uh, information on that to share with you tonight. And so we're going to go into detail. Uh, It's not on your notes that you have. Uh, You'll just have to write down the verses that I give you, okay? Uh, We'll we'll cover exactly what does the Bible say fruit is. When he says they will bear fruit, what is that? What is that? And then next week, we're going to talk about the different... Uh, uh, the different responsibilities. You know, God has a responsibility and we have a responsibility. In other words, there is something that God is going to do in the process of bearing fruit and there's going to be something we are responsible for uh, doing in the process of bearing fruit. So we'll we'll cover that in the the following weeks to come. If that makes sense, say amen. Amen. All right, let's look. John 15 and verse number one. John 15 verse one. I am the true vine. What color is your writing? Who's talking? Jesus. Jesus is talking. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman, the caretaker, the farmer, if you will. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much, what? Fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. In other words, this is, this is anyway, I'll come back to that. I'll come back to that. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. Greater loveth no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Now read with me, verse number 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again. Thank you again for your word. <clears throat> thank you for hungry people that are here tonight. Uh, Lord, on spring break week, they have come out and, and they're here to learn and to grow and to mature and to develop. And God, I pray that you'll do all of those things tonight. I pray that you'll just put in our hearts the desire to know you better, know your word better, and strengthen us and give us what we need. Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, last week, last week, let, let, me, let me just do a brief review of the first page, because that's all we got finished with last week, and that's all we covered last week. But I want you to do it for those that were not here last week and give you just a little brief uh, understanding of what, what, what the, it, it begins with in this chapter. We got to understand where they're coming from, what has just happened, and uh, what Jesus is dealing with. Well, the first thing we need to understand is Jesus, they are coming out of the upper room. Uh, they are coming out of the situation where they had the Last Supper, and they are up in the upper room. Jesus is telling them he's going to de- depart, he's going to die 
uh, the, the shepherd's going to be smitten and the sheep are going to scatter. Uh, y'all are all going to, uh, you're, you're all going to abandon me. Peter, you're going to deny me. Uh, I mean, this is a, this is a serious, serious time. Uh, he reveals to them the traitor. Okay. He reveals to them that one of their own, one of their own is a traitor, is not a true believer, is not a true disciple. He told them that they were all clean, but not all. He said, or excuse me, ye are clean, but not all. And he was talking about who? Judas. He was talking about Judas. In other words, he was saying Judas was not a real disciple. He was not a true believer. He was attached to them. He followed them. He, he made himself a part of the clan. He was there as a disciple, but he wasn't a true believer. He was a false disciple. And here's the, the, the truth that we're going to have to understand. In every church, in every congregation, in every assembly, there's going to be real disciples and there's going to be false disciples. There's going to be real believers and there's going to be false believers. And, and we've, we've seen that. We've seen that. If you've been in this just John study any period of time, you've seen that many times throughout Jesus' ministry, those three years that he walked on this earth and he, he taught and he did miracles and he ministered to the people, that there would be times that, that tons of people would attach themselves to him. But then we would find out later that they just wanted free food or they wanted a, a free ride. Or they wanted a, a hero to get Rome off of their back. And so they were not true believers in who Jesus was. They just believed in what they could get from him. Does that make sense? Amen. amen. And so that's going to be, that's gonna be the, the, the real story of Christianity till Jesus comes. There's going to be true believers and false believers. There's, there's going to be people that profess the name of Christ, but not possess him. Not possess him. And so, so this is what... This is what the beginning of John 15 is talking about. He said, listen, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You've, uh, the, those that bear fruit, uh, the Father's going to purge. And he said, those that bear not fruit, he's going to take away. In other words, there's going to be uh, people who attach themselves to him that are not bearing fruit. But we learned, according to Mark, you remember we went over there and studied in Mark, where we found out that there was different types of ground, Right? There was different types of ground. The seed fell on different types of ground. Four different types of ground. Three that was no good and one that was. Three that bore no fruit. No fruit, but one that did. And we understood the only one that was saved, the only one that was true was the one that bore fruit. Even though there were some that enjoyed it, even though there's some that made themselves among them, they bore no fruit. They were not genuine. So we learn, we learn the only one that's a genuine disciple is one that bears fruit. All right? Now, we know there's different levels of fruit bearing. We know there's different levels of fruit bearing. Everybody's not going to bear the same level of fruit. And it's, it's simply because of the, the attachment, which we'll get into that in a couple weeks. But we do know uh, uh, there will be some fruit. And all God's people say it. Now, now. Let's, let's, let's start there. Let's start there and uh, take this study. Now, for those that got the new outlines, you were not here last week. I, let, I put the answers for you. I put the answers for you uh, so you don't have to, you, you'll have them, all right? And so now we're all together, amen? Everybody that was here last week and everybody that was here this week, we're all together. You have all the answers on the first page, all right? So we should be together. And we, we, learned, uh, we learned that there was a true vine, right? Jesus said, I'm the true vine. And now, now, what does that mean? If there's a true vine, then that means there's got to be a... Now, what, who was the false vine? Israel. Israel. You know, Israel, God, God all through the Old Testament, he, 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 uh, he answered them and called them as a vine. He said, I planted them in a very fruitful hill. I did everything necessary for them to bear good fruit. And they bore sour grapes. And God cut them off. We learn in John Baptist's preaching, God cut them off. And Jesus is saying, I am the source now. I'm the source of salvation. I'm the source of fulfillment. If you are attaching yourself to the old Judaism, the old Jewish religion, uh, the old Jewish way of life, then, then, then it is a dead vine. I am the true vine. If that makes sense, say amen. 
And so now we see a, a real vine and a false vine, a real disciple and a false disciple. A real disciple bears fruit. A false disciple does not bear fruit. And then we identified, identified the, the husbandman, the husbandman, God the Father. God the Father, he is the husbandman. He is the farmer, if you will. He's the caretaker. He's the one that watches over the vineyard. He's the one that has his eye on the vine, has his eye on the branches. How many are you glad he's got his eye on you? He's the husbandman. He's, 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 he's at work. And so that's where we're going to, that's where we're going to jump into this thing. Uh, and, and I put, I put several more verses in mind. Uh, you don't have them on yours uh, for lack of space, but if you want to just find an open area uh, beside that and write the, write the address down and we'll look them up. Okay. <clears throat> Number two, the first thing we did, we did some identifying last week, right? We did some identifying. We identified the true vine and we identified the false vine. We identified the true disciple and the false disciple. Well, now I want you to look at the second word I want you to write down is involvement. I want you to see the involvement in this particular chapter, John 15. I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman, the caretaker, the farmer, the one watching over. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he, who is that? The husbandman, right? He, the husbandman, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he, who is that? The husbandman, God the Father, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. All right, so we see some involvement here. We see some involvement. Look, look down. Well, just write this down. I want you first, let's look at the involvement of the Father. Write that word in your notes there. The involvement of the Father. When you got saved, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, the moment the moment that you knelt down or stood up or wherever you were at, you may have been laying in a hospital bed, but whatever that point was, whatever that place was, that you trusted Christ as your Savior, God the Father, the husbandman, went to work. He went to work. All right, now, let me give you some verses. You, you, you write these down. I, I was going to just take time, and let's just go through and look all these up, but that's going to take too much time. And so just write this down and look at these at home and I, I'll read them to you, okay? First, I want you to see Philippians 1.6. Philippians 1.6. I'm going to read it to you. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you. Say that with me. He that hath begun a good work in you. He began a good work in you the moment you got saved. All right, watch what it says. He will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He that begun a good work in you, God the Father, the husbandman, the caretaker, the farmer. The moment you got saved, he began a good work in you. He began a good work in you, all right? And he's going to be working it. He's going to be working it to the day. This is going to make sense in a minute. He's going to work it till you come, till Jesus comes. He's going to be working. Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together. Come on, guys. We know that all things work together. Watch this. Watch this. For good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. All right, Philippians 2.12. Philippians 2.12. Write that down. <clears throat> So far, we've got Philippians 1, 6, Romans 8, 28, and 29, Philippians 2, 12, and 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is, watch now, watch now. When you see, for it is God, usually when you see God by itself, it's in reference to God the Father. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, what do we take from that? God is working in me. God is working in me. Matter of fact, the moment I got saved, he began a good work in me. And according to the verse, he's going to keep working in me till I see Jesus. You know that, that, that kid song, that kid song says it well. 
He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth, and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. How many of y'all know that? He's at work. Now, write these two things down. What kind of work? What kind of work? What kind of work is he up to? What is he doing? Well, let's look in verse number two. Let's look at verse number two. All right, every branch in me that beareth not fruit. Now, we, we know that's false disciples, right? False disciples. And every branch that he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. So what is he doing? What is he doing in his church? What is he doing in the body of Christ? He's doing two things. He's actively doing two things. Separating, or separates, you can put that, separates. The father separates. He takes away the real from the false. He takes away the wheat from the chaff. Everybody that comes and, and hangs with us a little while ain't going to stay with us. There, there, there are some things I'm learning. <clears throat> there are some things I'm learning that it's taken me a while to learn and get. Because every time somebody leaves, if you're a decent pastor, it grieves you when they leave. And you try to find out 50 reasons why they didn't leave. What did you do wrong? I don't know why it is. I've talked with dozens and dozens of pastors. It's the same, same thought process, same mentality. It just is. It's just like this. It's like when a, when, a, when, a, when a couple gets divorced. When a couple gets divorced, the very first thing that the child does, he thinks it's his fault. And it may have nothing to do with them. No, it ain't no may. It has nothing to do with them. But they feel guilty. And they feel like it's their fault. Well, it's the same principle. When people leave, the, the pastor's trying to figure out, what did he do wrong? What, what happened? What didn't I do right? And, 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 and it's taken a long time for me to understand everybody that's here is not with us. And they're not going to stay with us. Because not everybody is a true disciple. Now go back, go back, and I want to. I want to show you. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. I just want to show you something. Look on the first page. Look on the first page of your notes, and let's read what what John says. First John two nineteen. They went out from us. In other words, they left us. They were with us, but they left us. They left our congregation. They left our assembly. They left our group. They left our crowd. They went out from us, but they were not of us for in other words they were not true disciples they were not the real deal for if they had been of us they would no doubt have continued with us they would have remained but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us they were they were not genuine and here's the thing this is what happens not only pastors, but other church members will try to chase people down and beg people to come back. Beg people to come back. But what do we, you know, do everything and, and pamper and pet and beg and, and, and baby and stick a pacifier in their mouth. Oh, come on. Play. Listen, listen. If you got to do that to keep, get them, you got to do that to keep them. And, 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 there, and there's way too much to be done to try to chase down some goats. Keeping up with the sheep is hard enough. Sometimes you got to let people leave your life. Because everybody that's in your life may not be healthy for your life. And God may be separating some people out of your life and you trying to run them down and bring them back. Come on, man. Mm. I'm going to leave that right there. Yeah. <laughs> God will separate. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Since we have a low crowd tonight, <clears throat> I before every before every great growth spurt we've ever had, I, I, I can almost name them. The, the, the times we had really 
really big growth spurts. Before every single one, somebody got man left. Every time. I mean every time. I can take you to each time we had it and name you and tell you which families got mad and left. Each time. Now, I wondered about that. Why in the world? And I began to, I began to look back over the years and, and look back over the people that did the leaving. And it was the type of people that when you saw them coming, it was like, And I don't mean that in a bad way. I, I, I'll illustrate. Miss Diane, when I see you coming down the hallway, it excites me. You're a blessing to me. I see you and I'm like, there's Miss Diane. I don't care if I'm in Walmart, Dollar General, up here on the platform. Doesn't matter to me. It's a blessing. But these people were the type that it was like, what's going to be wrong now? What's their problem going to be this time? And you know what? God don't want you serving like that. You know what God will do? And he'll start separating. Because everybody that's with you may not be good for you. Now I'm talking about in church, but you just take that way you want to. At home, friends, however you want to look at that. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, I'm saying this here. You say, why would you be talking about that? Because there may be people that's left church that need to leave. And you don't need to run them down and drag them back. Because God may be taking them out before they cause bigger problems. So why would you say that? Because I've heard other pastors call me and say, did you know such and such about such and such? I said, you didn't call me. Are y'all with me? God will separate. The Father is watching the vines. And he will separate. Not only does he separate, but he prunes. <clears throat> Purges. Look in verse 2. He will take away what's not real. He will take away what's not genuine. He will take away what is not beneficial to the vineyard. But then it says this. Every branch that beareth fruit, he, come on, he purges it. Just put the word prune or purge, whatever one you want. <clears throat> it means to cut away. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go into too much detail about that because I want to do that next week or the week after. We're going to talk about what we do, and that is the abiding, and then what God does, that's the purging, that's the, the, the cleansing, the clearing, and, and all of those things. So that's going to be its own lesson all by itself, so we don't have to rush. Uh, but you got to understand this. you got to understand this. The moment you get saved, he goes to work. He goes to work. This is what you need to get from this. He goes to work. I, I was thinking, sitting in my office, the things that, you know, uh, the things in my life... The things in my life I need work on. Uh, it, it, it's, not, it's, not always, it's not always necessary for me to know what them are. <clears throat> you know why? Because the husbandman does. And the husbandman is always watching. God the Father is always watching your life. And he's always looking for the areas that would cause disease or decay. He was, he's looking for areas that will hinder growth from taking place and hinder fruit bearing from taking place. And he is working on you. Now, sometimes that purging, I'm almost wanting to get on that. Let me just say this. Sometimes the purging is painful. All right? But, but it's, it's necessary. It's beneficial. And we'll, we'll look at that. So we see the involvement... <clears throat> We see the involvement of, of the father, the husbandman, all right? But then I want you to see the involvement of the son. <clears throat> the involvement of the son. This is Christ, Jesus. Verse 4, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. 
as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. It can't do it by itself. It can't do it on its own. Except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. Now read this with me. Read this with me. For without me ye can do Without me, ye can do nothing. Nothing. So, not only does the Father separate and He prunes, but the Son, He supplies. Write that down. He supplies. He supplies and He sustains. Where does the nutrients that's needed for the fruit where does it come from? It comes from the vine. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. What does the Bible say in Philippians? It says that I can do all things through which strengtheneth me. He is our source. He is our source. We're going to talk about fruit here in a minute. We're going to talk about fruit here in a minute. And you're going to think, I can't do that. You know, fruit is loving unlovable people. Fruit is being patient with a jerk. <clears throat> and you're going to think, I can't do that. But you know what? If you're attached to the vine, you can do it. But you can't without him. You know why? He's the source. He's where it comes from. He's where you're going to get what you need. He's, he's where you're going to get what you need to, to live a, a life that you're supposed to live. He's, he's the one that you're going to get what you need to solve the problems that you have in your life. He's the one that you, that's going to give you what you need to raise a crazy teenager. <clears throat> Y'all with me? It's all him. He's the source. He's wanting you to come to him for everything, for everything that you need, for all of your supply. Are y'all with me? This is going to sound, this is going to sound, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <clears throat> the other day, Thursday, Monday. Yeah. One day this week, I looked at my wife's tires. Don't act like y'all don't ever do that. I think it was Monday. Anyway, whatever day it was, I looked at my wife's tires and Man, they're slick as onion. I, I thought, man, I need to get her some tires. And, uh, and, and, and I walked by my truck, and mine was worse. And I was like, oh, man. And I, I just don't think about it. I, I don't think about it till it, you know, it, I don't know whether the Holy Spirit said, hey, dummy, look at them tires. You've you got a problem. But I just happened to see them at that point, and I just happened to, anyway, and I'm thinking there, and now I'm trying to, how many of y'all go into figuring mode when you see something like that? All right, I'm thinking maybe I can rent out a child, a seller. No, I ain't selling my dog. I'll sell a child. And I, I and you try to figure out, okay, how am I going to do this? I got all this junk going on. This is not a good time. This is not a good time, you know. And, and I'm thinking, what am I, what am I doing? I, I, all I got to do is tell my father. That's all I got to do. All I got to do is tell my father because it's a need. It's a need. You can see the air in them. It's a need. This is not a want. It's not, I'm not lusting. I mean, this and I, they ain't nothing attractive about it. I, I, this ain't going to fulfill my, I need some tires. Y'all with me? I said, Lord, I need some tires. I don't have it. I need them. I sure like to have some. Lord, just just show me what not, just show me what I need to do. And then I forgot it. Didn't think nothing of it. Went on about my day and and uh, uh, was doing other stuff and 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 uh, that at, that evening uh, 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 I was on the lawnmower and, and I was mowing and 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 I didn't you know I didn't see the text or hear it or feel the vibration because I, I was on the whole, my whole body was vibrating on that mower. But anyway. Tammy put on there, are you ignoring me? You know, 
I didn't, so I caught, she said, hey, the lady said, uh, 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 the, the taxes are ready. All you got to do is go pick them up and, and said what we was going to get back. Guess what? I got enough to get my tires. Hey, that was hours. Hours. Just a couple hours. When I said, Dad, I need some tires. Now you say what you want and you think what you want. It doesn't matter to me. Jesus let me know in just a matter of hours, he's my source. He's my source. So you're just going to get that back anyway. Yeah, it just happened to be two hours after I asked for it. Who knows? If I didn't ask for it, I might not be getting nothing back. Jesus saying, I'm your source. I want to be your source. Matter of fact, it's not that I want to be. I am the source. And all this that you're expecting, that I'm expecting out of you, that God the Father is looking for, it's not going to happen unless you're connected to me. Church, say amen. And we'll, we'll talk about that next week, abiding. <clears throat> All right, look at this. Look at this. i got to watch my time because we've got to get to our fruit. All right, the involvement. Then the implications. <clears throat> so we have three words, three words that we've taken out of this chapter, right? One is the, the identifying, right? We identified some things. Then, then we see some involvement. We see some involvement. And technically, technically I didn't. I didn't, but, but you could technically put in there the involvement of the saint, too. Matter of fact, go ahead and write that. I should have put that in the outline because you have a responsibility, too. That's the abiding part. So in this fruit-bearing thing, we see that God the Father's involved in it, God the Son's involved in it, and the saint, the child of God, the true disciple, is involved in the process of bearing fruit. Are y'all with me? So... See, we see the involvement. Now, here's the implication. Write this down. Number three. Number three. The implications. The implications seen in this. First, A. Let's see. Okay, verse seven. Verse seven. All right, we're going to read verse seven, and then we're going to read uh, verse 16, Okay. It says, uh, 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 verse 7, are you there? Now let's read it. If ye abide in me, I can't hear all of you, help me now, I know there's more of you in here. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto, unto you. All right. Now, now look in verse number 16. Verse number 16. All right, let's all read together. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go forth and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Watch, 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 watch. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. What is the implied? There's an implied promise. What is that promise? Answered prayer. Answered prayer prayer. Listen, bearing fruit has its rewards. Bearing fruit has its rewards. Answered prayer. How many of y'all, how many of y'all, uh, uh, how many of y'all need some tires? <clears throat> it might not be tires, but you need some. If you run around and say, I don't have no needs, please step up and testify. Are y'all with me? How many of y'all would like to know your prayers are being heard and will be answered? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I, I need, I need, I need, I love that promise of answered prayer. I want to know that if I pray that I'm getting through. Because you don't never know when you're going to need it. You don't never know when there's going to be an accident. You don't never know when that, 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 that terrible phone call comes. Or you don't never know when you're going to really need to bombard the throne of heaven and get the ear of God. Amen. That's right. Listen, there's an implied promise, and that promise is answered prayer. Answered prayer. Say it with me. Answered, answered prayer. prayer. All right. Now, let's read another verse. <clears throat> let's read another verse. I love this. 
I love this. Look in verse number, uh, verse number 11. <clears throat> verse number 11. Now read it with me. These things have I spoken unto you. What things? Bearing fruit. Bearing fruit. The things that he just said, abiding in him and, and he in you and you bearing much fruit. Now why did he say these things to us? These things have I spoken unto you. Let's read it. That my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Y'all know what the Greek word to full means? Full. <clears throat> that means you can't handle no more. That means more than you can receive. Now when's the last time you just said, Lord, I don't need no more joy. I, I just can't take no more. I'm just reading your Bible. That my joy might be, you see, we're so, we're so messed up in America. We're, I'm telling you, we are messed up in America because everything is, is tied to circumstances. And it's tied to possessions and, 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 and <coughs> happiness is connected to happenings. If good things are happening, you are happy, but that's not joy. Do you know you can, you can be broke and have joy? Do you know you can be in a storm and have joy? You can be in the darkest time of your life and God give you joy? What does, it say about, what does it say about Jesus who endured the cross, despising the shame for the what? The joy set before him. That's why he was on the cross. That's why while he was being crucified. What's the point? God wants you to have joy. God don't want you working or walking around moping. God doesn't want you to, you know, some of these people that try to act like they're so spiritual, they look like they're the most depressed people in the world. Don't have a smile. Don't have any joy. They're separated, though. They, they sanctified. Hey, bless God, we don't, we don't smoke. We don't chew. We don't run with those who do. We got all, and they look like they're miserable. That's not, that's, not, that's not God. That's not Christ. He said, I want you to have joy. Not just joy, but I want your joy to be full. He says in John 10, 10, the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that ye might have life and have it more abundantly. I think one of my favorite T-shirts of all time, I, 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 a youth group bought it for me. I was preaching at a Methodist uh, youth camp conference thing, and, 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 and they, they bought, bought me this T-shirt, and, and on it had John 10.10, 10, that's that verse. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I'm coming that you might ha- have life and have it more abundantly. And it was a bunch of cows on there, and they all looked grumpy. <clears throat> I mean, they did. They all looked like a lot of Baptists I know. And right in the middle, there was this old cow. Son, he had a sombrero on and a Hawaiian shirt on, and he was happy. (laughs) And it had under there, having life and having more abundantly. And you know what he's saying? Be the middle cow. Don't don't walk around in the mully grubs. God wants you to bear fruit. Why? So you can have joy. That's not connected to your wallet. It's not connected to your circumstances. You say, why would that be good news? Because my wallet's not always all right. And my circumstances are not always all right. So knowing that God is going to give me the ability to have joy in spite of my circumstances, I don't know about y'all, but I need some of that. Amen? So we have an implied promise. He says, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might be in you. And your joy might be full. Thank God for answered prayers and fullness of joy. Implications. There's an implied promise. But then there's an implied purpose. Don't think that God is saying this just so you can be happy. Now, granted, I'm tickled over that. But do you realize that's just a byproduct? It's a byproduct. 
To what? What is his main purpose? Look in verse, look in verse 8. <clears throat> look in verse 8. When you get there, say amen. Herein. Herein. What does that mean? With bearing much fruit. There's a verse before that. Right? Look what the verse says before that. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much so shall ye be my disciples. What does that mean? It means when you're bearing fruit, God's glorified. Why do you think that he is so intently watching his vineyard? Yeah, God does love you. But he loves his glory. And he's concerned about his glory. He will share his glory with no one. Let me give you some verses. Look, at, look in your notes. Look in your notes. <clears throat> Isaiah 61.3. Isaiah 61.3. It's in your notes. All you got to do is look at your paper. You ain't got to look these up. It's in your notes. All right. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness. Trees of righteousness. Plant the planting of the Lord, what? That he might be Why did God plant Israel in a very fruitful hill? Because he expected them to bear fruit, and by them bearing fruit, it would bring him Okay? Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And we're going to, in just a second, when we look over our fruit and understand what fruit is, you're going to find out it has to do with good works. So you can put fruit here. When you see the word good works here, you can put fruit right over top of it. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. All right? Philippians 1, 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in, in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may prove things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the of which are by Jesus Christ unto what does it what does it bring and what does it produce unto the and of see how this works are y'all seeing a theme here seeing a theme here first Peter 2 12 having your conversation honest among the Gentiles that whereas they speak against you as evildoers they may by your good works remember put underneath that right underneath that fruit Fruit, they're interconnected, they're the same thing. By your good works, your fruit, they shall be whole. When they see your behavior, your good works, your fruit, they'll glorify God in the day of visitation. Are y'all seeing just about every Bible study we have that no matter what it's about, it's about Him? I, 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 for the life of me, I don't know why these TV preachers and everybody makes it about us. I guess because it's attractive and people are, they're attracted to those teachers that, that make it about them because the American church is so self-centered. The American culture is so self-centered. It's not what about him, it's what's in it for. But everywhere we study, it's about him. Now, we do get joy, and we do have answered prayers, but the purpose of him answering your prayer and giving you joy so you will give him glory. Woo! That's the point. That's the purpose. We are put on this earth to bring him glory. Man, after... after couple months of, of preaching and studying on worship and praise, we are seeing so much. It's not about us at all. It's all Him. It's all to bring Him glory. To bring Him glory. Church, say amen. amen. Now, I want you to find a blank somewhere on that page where you have some room to write some verses down. <clears throat> and you don't necessarily you don't necessarily have to uh, have to write the whole verse, just, just write the address and then you, you can go look it up when you get home, okay? 
Now let's look, let's look at what is fruit. This was the question I got emails about. Uh, uh, different people asked me questions, and, and, and that's great, man. I enjoy that. I enjoy that. Don't ever be afraid to ask questions, all right? Uh, now, listen, when you ask questions, uh, uh, you might have to be patient with it because I may not know the answer. I may not know the answer, but I can know where to find it. Say amen. amen. So, so that's great. That's good. All right, what is fruit? <clears throat> if we see that, you know, what does, the, what does the Bible say fruit is? Now, most of my life, most of my life, I was told that, 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 that fruit is winning people to Christ. When you win a convert to Christ, when you share the gospel with a friend, that's fruit. And, 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 and to a point, that's true. That is, in a sense, fruit. But we're going to see that's not all there is. All right? Now, here's one, one thing I want you to write somewhere in, in your open. There, there's two kinds of fruit. Okay? There's two kinds of fruit. Actually, there, there, there's, there's two kinds and there's some subs under the second kind. All right? Let me put it that way. All right? There's inward fruit. There's inward fruit, and there's outward fruit. Or I put the word outward manifested. In other words, it's seen on the outside. Inward fruit. This was one of our, this was one of our in the staff, we're, we're going through a discipleship book, and uh, this was one of our memory verses. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Uh, uh, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. So all of these are on the inside. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, uh, goodness. Uh, 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 what I say? Gentleness, goodness, faith, temperance. All these things are inward. Inward. God will produce peace. All right? When we're a true disciple, we're going to love people we didn't love before. Now, we might not love them like we're supposed to yet, but it'll start. That's why, that, that's why that verse, what did it say? He that hath begun. Say that with me. He that hath begun a good work will perform it until the day of Christ. Now, why is that necessary? Because some of us need more work than others. <clears throat> but we all need work. Are y'all with me? There's going to be more love produced, more joy produced. As we are abiding in Christ, as we are abiding in Christ, it's going to happen. Now listen, this is not something you have to work at. No, but nowhere, nowhere, I used to say orange trees, but that's down in Florida. Uh, up here, I guess apple trees. Uh, apple trees is what I've seen around here. How many of y'all have ever gone and seen an apple tree going... I mean, they are trying hard to have an apple. I mean, it's just sweat just rolling off of the tree. You said, that's silly. It's no more silly than us trying to have love. Love can't be manufactured. You're not a robot. Machines manufacture stuff. Watch this. But fruit is organic. And fruit is produced from life. And life comes from relationship. Y'all not get it. When you have two healthy creatures that are in love. Y'all are so slow. There is going to be something that's inevitable. Fruit. You know what? You know what he says? Just abide in me. Don't try to love somebody. I'm trying. Well, that's your problem. You're doing it. Maybe you just need more connection with Christ. Maybe you need to quit trying in your ability to forgive somebody. To stop holding a grudge. Oh, yeah, I figured you'd get quiet now. This stuff that God is wanting to see in our life. 
joy, peace, long-suffering, long-suffering, suffer long, gentleness. I bet you some of your spouses wish your spouses were a little more gentle with you and not some so grouchy. Goodness. It's good. Faith. I know I got everybody there. How many times do you see your bald tires and lack some faith? You see your car that looked like it was dropped out of an airplane after a storm. And you think, what am I going to do? And your faith is tested. You ever tried to have faith? Y'all act like y'all just so spiritual in here. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You know you go into that figuring mode, how you're figuring, how am I going to get there, what am I going to have to do, and you worry yourself to death. When the key is not to try to produce this stuff. What am I supposed to do? Work on your connection. <laughs> hey, watch this. I, I, this, ain't, this ain't tonight. This ain't tonight. <clears throat> This is what we're going to get to. Fruit comes from the substance and the, and the nutrients and the, and the vitamins and all the stuff coming through the branch from the vine. And the, the amount of faith, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, temperance, and meekness that we're going to have is going to be determined by the size of our connection to the source. Not by how good you are at trying to produce this stuff. I can't wait till next week. How about y'all? So there's inward fruit. There's inward fruit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such areas. Now, now, I can't see none of that in you. That's why it's inward. Now, you can see what it does, but you can't see it in you. You can't see my faith. You can't see my joy. You can't see my, y'all with me? It's inward, but God's working that in, all right? Then there's outward fruit. Outward fruit manifests. I put that word. It's important to me because it means you can see it. All right, first there's converts. And put two verses here. Proverbs 11.30 and Romans 1.13. Proverbs 11.30 and Romans 1.13. Here's what they say. Here's what they say. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. So there's that connection here to converts. When you win a convert to Christ, that is fruit. Paul said it this way. Romans 1.13. Now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, talking about Rome, I purpose, I planned to come to you, but was let hitherto. The word let means withheld or held back. I was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. In other words, I wanted to win some of you to Christ. So Paul called his converts, Paul called his converts fruit. So, if we're, if we're asking the questions, preacher, what is fruit? It, it, one, of, one of the, one of the uh, uh, I guess, definitions, if you want to use that word, uh, the explanations of what fruit is, is converts. Having a convert, winning someone to Christ. That's part of it. All right, now. Also, write this down. Holiness and righteousness. Holiness and righteousness. This is, I believe, more of what John 15 is in reference to. All right, Romans 6, 22, Romans 6, 22. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, 
ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. All right, Ephesians 5, 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Okay, Hebrews 12, 11. Now no chastening, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. The word chastening means a whooping. How many of you ever got a whooping? Okay. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not fun. It's not joyous. Ain't nothing pleasant about it. As a matter of fact, it hurts. It's grievous. But nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that are exercised thereby. What does that mean? It means this. I behaved a certain way. My father was not pleased with my behavior. He corrected me and chastened me, chastised me, whooped a fire out of me. And guess what that did? It produced a change in my life. It changed my attitude. It changed my behavior. It changed my way of acting. It changed my way of walking in more ways than one. It produced a change. It, now watch this. It produced, it produced the behavior that was desired by the Father. In other words, I started acting the way my Father wanted me to act. Does this make sense? Now God wants you to be holy. God wants you to be righteous. And what Hebrews is telling us here. He will get your attention. That is part, hey guys, that is part of the purging. Why? He's working on you. Because he has a desired behavior from you. He wants you to behave in holiness and righteousness and truth. So what is fruit? Righteousness. It's, it's, It's holiness. It is righteous thoughts, righteous actions, doing right. Does this make sense? So what is he saying? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. There is a change. There is a marked change. He said, if you abide in me and I in you, you shall bear much fruit. What's he saying? There's going to be a difference in you. There's going to be a righteousness in you. There's going to be holiness in you. There's going to be fruit. Okay? Now watch. Okay, fruit, the outward manifested fruit is converts, holiness and righteousness. But then write this down. Giving. Giving. Romans 15, 26. Paul is speaking. Paul is speaking about the offering that is being taken up for the poor people in Jerusalem. Okay? There was a famine that has taken place and Paul was going through. uh, he, He was going through the countryside and he was taking offerings to take back to Jerusalem to the saints that were suffering in Jerusalem. If that makes sense, say amen. All right, look what it says. For it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. Wherefore, or excuse me, when therefore I have performed this and sealed to them this fruit. What was the fruit? Their offering. I will come by you unto Spain. Now what does that mean? What does that mean? When a person is in Christ and a person is abiding in Christ, there's going to be something generated inside of them and generated through them and manifested with outward behavior. They're going to be generous. They're going to be generous. Why? Because that's the way he was. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. He loved so he gave. Jesus loved so he gave his life. And see, the more you abide in him, you're going to be generous. If you're stingy and you've got a problem with generosity, you might need to check up. Yeah, I said it. If you have a problem with generosity, you better check up. Now, there's other people 
who's developed this and are better at it and have grown in this. And I believe the more you know him and the more you grow in him, the more generous you're going to be. I'm way more generous today than the day I started out in this thing. You know why? He's been working on me a long time. He that hath begun a new work or a good work in me, he will perform it. And that's part of that work. He's showing me about being generous. Now, here's my thing. Here's my thing. If you have complete problems with giving and you're not generous, you really need to check up because you're not bearing fruit. And that is fruit. That's fruit. All right? So converts. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. You say, preacher, I've never won somebody to Christ. Does that mean? No, that's not what that means. There are people, there are people that are a little better at one than they are the other. There are people that struggle with giving. They give, but it's not easy for them. But then there's people over here that that they're very evangelistic. But there's some that that it's not very easy for them. Are y'all with me? There's some people that can walk up to anybody. There's, not, there's people that just walk up to anybody and just talk to a total stranger. All right, Griggs, he's that way. He can talk to a total stranger. doesn't matter where he is. He can talk to him about God, talk to him about church, talk about anything. That's just his personality. So that's not a struggle for him. All right? But I, I'm, I'm a little different. I'm nervous. God will say, talk to them. I'm like, oh. Because it's just my nature's totally different. So when I do it, I got to make myself do it. Now, I do it because I'm, 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 I'm being obedient. Now, it's not. See, here's the difference. I, I may, I may, I may uh, struggle with it, but I want to. Sure. Yeah. Right. Sure. It's, the, it's the same thing with sin. It's, it's, you know, when I was lost, I didn't care that I sinned. Now, I'm saved now. And I may still make mistakes, but I don't want to. You see, the, you see what's going on there? So don't think, don't think, oh my goodness, I've never won somebody to Christ. I don't have fruit. That's not what that's saying. But I'm telling you, if you don't have a desire to bring somebody to Jesus, I would really check up. The first thing that the disciples did when they found Jesus is they went and found their family and brought them. Are y'all with me? All right. Listen, giving, converts, holiness, and righteousness. Now watch how good works. Good works. That's the next one. Good works. Colossians 1.10. Colossians 1.10. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful. Look what it says. Being. Come on, everybody. Being in every what? Good work. So good works is fruit. Good works is fruit. I don't have to describe that. I mean, that's self-explanatory. When you're doing good things for people, when you're serving and you're being a blessing and you're doing good works, people are going to see that. And we already said what they're going to do when they see that. They're going to glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Amen? So good works is fruit. Watch this one. Watch this one. I love this one. Hebrews 13, 15. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Praise is fruit. Praise is fruit. There's a whole lot of fruit bearing going on last Sunday. Y'all with me? And if you don't think God's not being glorified by the way y'all singing now, I, I, I was told, I was told, somebody shared this with me, that in choir practice, they had their choir practice Sunday, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and somebody testified and, and said, you know, it, it feels kind of hollow in here, because yeah. we didn't have our mega choir with us. Oh. Now, I'm telling you, when you're praising, and we are unified in our praise, we are bearing much praise. Herein is my Father glorified. Now guess what's going to happen this Sunday? You're going to be praising. And there's going to be people 
that are going to raise their estimation of your father. And they're going to get converted. And that's just more. And when they get converted, you're going to get happy. And you're going to praise him some more. You know why? Because in all fruit, there is seed for more fruit. And fruit will beget fruit. And when there's some fruit, there's going to be other fruit. Because it, man, we better stop, say amen. (laughs) Yeah, that's good, that's good. So how many of y'all, you understand what fruit is now? If if you're truly saved, you're going to have some fruit. You may not be good at all of it. You may not have it all together. But he's working on you. Say, preacher, I don't know what areas I'm missing. He does. And he knows where to go to work. He said, how does he know that? I'll tell you next week. All right, let's give him praise and glory. Come on, everybody. Let's give him praise and glory. All right, let's stand. Let's stand. Let's dismiss. Stretch your leg. We've got to pray. Oh, goodness. Eight minutes overtime. This means that when we pray, 